All of our files are free and will remain free. If you like the show, you can show support by donating $1 to help with expenses. Just use the PayPal link on our website, YouTube channel, or Facebook page. Thanks. And welcome back to the second part of our show today with Zan Perion that I've just noticed has been called by Neil Strauss, the author of the game, the undisputed heavyweight of the genre. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So, uh, no pressure. (laughs) It's all true. It's all true. (laughs) Women, you listening? (laughs) Yeah, right. So, how do you think it went so far? I guess it's good, huh? I'm very you pleased. You okay with it? Yeah, yeah, I'm super pleased. But um, you don't think I interrupt too much, I hope. No, 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 no. I, like, I, I ramble on and rant. And so I, I, I like this long form, just conversational type thing. Yep. As opposed to interview and questions and answers. So, no, I'm happy. This is great. Okay, cool. What about, uh, tell me a bit about the, the podcast. How long have you been doing it? Yeah, so we've been doing it five years and we were so lucky because, wow. yeah, because we came in just before they started. I don't know, you're not so much, you know, we do all sorts of stuff politics, religion, culture, all sorts of stuff. And where's your audience? In your line of work. Is your audience European or? They're all over the place. Uh, half of them are American. Okay. But the only thing I'd say is is very uh, prevalent is that there's a majority of males. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd say there's 70% males. All right. And another thing is that we have more book readers than anyone else, probably because I insist on long form because it's the only way we can go to the bottom of things. Yes. So, and, and Americans aren't used to that. Uh, so... Um, we have many shows are like book reviews, but not today because I haven't read your book. But right, but from what I've seen, I want to read it. So okay, yeah, oh, perfect. Yeah, well, I can send you a copy if you give me your address. I can sign one, send it. To yeah, you. you can save the money you can, if you want. You can send me a PDF if you prefer. I mean, I I collect. Well, books. I, no, I could do that. But I, well, I've got uh, two thousand books I printed in Romania here, so. Oh. I can sign one and send it to you within a few days. That would days. be great because I have like thousands. I have my own personal library. Great. Yeah. So, uh, like, if a girl comes home to my place, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't look. It looks like um, study. Absolutely, from the uh, 18th century. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, living in Romania, I bet you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. We're just now looking at buying an apartment, and we were talking about floor to ceiling books. <laughs> right. By the way, you are in Romania, right? Not Canada? I'm in Romania, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So there you go. So, okay. So, and and how often? Yeah. So, so I'll just say uh, we just started before they started to uh, manipulate the algorithm and try to crush independent media. Uh-huh. So today, if you want to like build yourself up, for example, on YouTube, good luck, man. Not possible. It's only for the uh, establishment, uh, you know, mainstream channel. But it was possible in the old days. Anyone could, you know, YouTube, right? Anyone could do it. Yeah. So we managed. But your thing isn't YouTube, is it? Pardon? Is your thing YouTube or just pod, just audio? This is going to be just audio. But uh, sometimes we have video makers. I see. And they put video to the stuff. Yeah. If not, there will be still images. But okay. uh, it will go out on YouTube. But it will also go out on all podcast platforms. 
Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, but that, so, sometimes we do stuff that's not that deep, like more speculative, more... Yeah, uh, I, I never compromise ethics, honesty, stuff like that, but I, I do flirt with yeah. uh, more fantastic stuff sometimes and that just, just to give the Make boost that can afford me to do the more interesting stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so how often do you do a podcast? Or episode. I'm supposed to do uh, one episode every second week, which and an episode is rarely below two hours. So, uh-huh. um, so I've tried to give people like two shows, four hours per month, one hour per week. Yeah, I see. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm my own boss. Nobody's having a knife to my throat, but um, I try to live up to that <laughs> expectation. Okay, you know. gotcha. So, okay, we have a lot to cover here. Yeah, time, that's right. So, uh, <laughs> no, I have to say, I went into your site and uh, it's the way of beauty. And I have to say, I mean, my site, my website for this show is uh, admittedly bad. <laughs> uh, we haven't prioritized to do anything about it. But when I went into your site, I realized it made my site look like the slums of Bombay. <laughs> and. Uh, and I wouldn't expect anything less because your path has been called, for example, the path of beauty. Mm. You're a real esthetician. Mm. And I want to underline that with a quote uh, from, I think it's uh, from the first page of your book. And it is also figured here. And it's, I could tell you the truth about me, but to seduce you. I will tell you the truth about you. Mm-hmm. So your site is beautiful in aesthetics. It's beautiful in words. And I want you to start off by explaining to us why, mm-hmm. how beauty has a role in all of this, because that's something that I think is bypassed by most so-called experts in this field. Yeah, I think, again, my thesis and what I've come to contemplate because it's from contemplation, right? Is that we've turned our face away from beauty in this modern age. And now to be wax philosophical, we have a secular age, obviously. And the enlightenment and humanism and the whole, the whole thing. And we've lost, we've consciously, the society and Western society for sure, has consciously turned its face away from beauty, including art, architecture, it's all, um, they've gone into shock. For instance, art now is, is how can I? So horrible, man. Yeah. How can I cut a cow in half yeah. and shock you with that and call it art, right? Mm. So we've lost, we, there's a, there's, there's a war on beauty, a cultural war on beauty, to the truth of it. And so in my study of relationships, which is what I was only interested in, women, that's it. I, I was loving women. That's it. I want to understand it. Mm. You, you cannot go down this path if you're trying to understand women in general and you continue on that path for years, you start to try and understand the female spirit, female nature in general, okay? And if you continue on that path, you start to try and understand what is, what is beautiful, what is kind. And if you continue on that path, you start to think what is transcendent, you know? Mm. And what is, what is the role of, like I said, a life well lived? And, and so, and Plato talked about this. So you, you cannot, he talked about shapes and forms and how we're, you know, we're in a cave and the allegory of the cave. Yeah. And we only see, we, we see a chair, but no chair is actually the ideal chair. It's approximation of the ideal chair, right? It's got four legs and whatever. 
And same with, same with women. We have this idea of the, the perfect woman in her mind and every woman we meet approximates that, but she isn't that because she's human like we are, you know, with her things. And so I think what has, has un- grown in me or, or become aware in me is that beauty is what we're missing in relationships. Mm-hmm. Beauty is what we're missing in politics. In that's why we have fundamental extreme, you know, terrorism. That's why we have fundamental extremists. That's why we have an po- political anxiety and attack. Mm. That's why our relationships are jaded and suspicious and angry. That's why there's men who are, you know, the incels that you talked about who uh, are, are angry. There's women who are feminists who are who are strongly angry. It's because we've turned our face away from beauty in our modern age, and we haven't replaced with anything. So. My thesis overall is that, is that beauty is the common denominator. And I'll tell you this, it transcends all religions, belief systems. Everybody has a longing for beauty. Mm. So you can look at the most staunch atheist who doesn't believe in God, in fact, is antagonistic against the idea of God and attacks it, for instance, right? Mm. Or you can look at a Buddhist, or you can look at somebody who's, who's staunchly Christian. All have a desire for beauty in their life, beauty in relationships. They all want to look at the face of the beloved looking back at them in devotion and, and love and admiration. They, you, we all get the, the butterflies in our, in, our, in our heart when we see the smile of someone who loves us, okay? All mm. of us. Mm. We all get calm and have a tear when we see the sunset so beautiful. Or we stand in front of a work of art. And that's the common denominator that, that we've turned our face away from. So in, in, a, in a long way of saying it, my thesis is beauty has been, beauty is, is, is fine. It's there. It's just us as in our humanity have turned away from it and have antagonistically attacked beauty in, in, in art, in culture, in, in everything. And so in ourselves. In ourselves. And that means the beauty of masculine edge. That's why we call it toxic now. Mm. It's a divine thing. We've been, we've, if you believe in God, you believe in the Big Bang, it doesn't matter. We have been created with this, with this, this masculine drive, which is a beautiful, beautiful divine thing. And yet we're told since we're little boys, that's wrong. You, you know, uh, m- men are vilified. Men are, Men are one step away from being a rapist. If it wasn't for society, we'd all be rapists. <laughs> and and men walking by a playground and he walks a little too slow while well, he's a pedophile. Right. And that's right. wrong. That's a sin that society and mainstream. Well, hang on. What's a sin? Pedophile. That, that the viewpoint of men being the, this 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 toxic. Oh, like a, like any man being a potential yeah. pedophile. Yeah, yeah. It's wrong. That's mm. the wrong thing. And, yeah. and and so anybody. But that's the attitude out there. Mm. And so it's like a, a war against men. And, right. you know, and, and someone who like, like uh, Tiger Woods, who, who cheats on his wife and bangs some other girl. And now he's a sex addict who needs, you know, you, who needs. Who must apologize in public. Right? Who has to apologize and has to go through therapy mm. and has to go through uh, to, to a, a rehab center for sex addicts. And I'm thinking, are, are we not all sex addicts? Something's wrong. You mm. see? Mm. So, Yeah. Well, that's that's the, the thesis of beauty underlying it all. Right, right, and obviously, it doesn't mean that men has to be as handsome as possible to get women, right? No, I don't mean I don't mean I don't mean physical beauty. I do mean symmetry, and I do mean 
honor, and I do mean uh, right. uh, culture, and I do mean um, you know taking care, hygiene, taking care of yourself. Right? Guys yeah. sit around eating Cheetos in the basement, wonder why women don't like them. They don't take care of their health. <laughs> they don't you know get a nice pair of shoes. They don't cut their nails. So, so, so your message is become the best you can be, and that's good enough. Yeah, become the best you can be on a journey. Be a guy on a journey. Mm. If you're just a guy who's existing and going to the treadmill and living, uh, then there's nothing in you for any woman or in, any any men to look at you and say, "I want to be like that guy." Mm. What does he get? What, the women, the women to look at you and say, I, "This guy's interesting." There's something about him. He's not in shape. He's not this, but he, but he has something because he's on a journey. He's a seeker. Mm. And not everybody will 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 listen to that call, and it's a strong call. It's a, it's the voice crying in the wilderness. You know, it's like a, it's a prophetic call. It's a it's a prophet calling. Yeah. And and if men can listen to this and say, wait, I want a better experience. I want a better relationship. I don't want to settle and just get whatever I can get. I, I, I don't want to just have the swipe Tinder and it's okay and I meet this crazy girl. I want to have a good experience in life. I want others to have a good experience around me. If we can return to that desire, which we had when we were little boys, hmm. then then there's a pathway. There's a path forward, and it's like you said, it's the Knights of the Round Table. It's the Holy Grail. It's it's going through the, the you know. There, there's a great saying in in the Arthurian legend of King Arthur, where the Knights of the Round Table they rode off through the forest in all separate directions. Mm. When man had ever gone before, nobody followed anybody yeah. else's path. They yeah. went off so, yeah. in their own direction. And you know who actually found the Grail? That's interesting. It was Percival, mm -hmm. the one who nobody thought. You know, he was the junior. And what stood out about him? Unlike many of the other Grail knights, who were like <clears throat> one of them was a Casanova, like uh, the most famous one. I forgot Galahad, his name. Galahad, Galahad, or Lancelot. Well, yeah. And one of them was like Tristan. He was he was like a very marriage guy. But the thing with Percival was he was extremely naive and sincere. That's correct. That's correct. And there's an, you know, I mean, yeah, innocence, exactly. innocence. Yeah, it's that, that's sincerity. If you, like mm. I said, if you said to him, "Listen, you know what? You know what? I want to." I had a guy one time say to me, "Zan, it's easier for you because you have this experience of that." But you know, I'm I'm 32 years old and I'm a virgin still, and that's a big burden on my back, and I feel embarrassed, and I and it affects everything I do. Mm. And I looked at him. I said, "You know what, man? If I was a 32 year old virgin, you know what I would do? I would, I would, I would." sit down with a woman on a date for instance and say you know what I'm going to tell you something very raw and honest about me I'm 32 years old and I'm just telling you this you know I'm 32 years old and I have not been as dynamic and engaged and experienced with women that I would like to be and I'm going to change that somehow I'm going to change that in my life I'm going to I'm going to learn this part of my I'm going to instruct myself I'm going to find ways to instruct myself to to change this part of myself so I can become a lover, become dynamic, become interesting, become this guy who understands sexual energy, which I don't right now. I would say that. Mm. And if, if a guy would say that to to a girl, like a friend of his or something, she would look and think, man, here's a real man. He's a 32-year-old virgin. And she would think, wow, there's a real man just showed up in this room today. Wow, what a guy. Mm. See? Mm. So that, 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 Percival or Parsifal, you know, like uh, energy you're talking about, mm. 
is there's a there's a complete sincerity to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and girls respond to that. Of course. There's something in the nature of women and they'll disagree. But it's true. They they'll disagree. <laughs> Not all of them will. Some of them know themselves enough. I, I don't agree with you, but it's it's true. I know this to be yeah. true. I'm not wrong. And if you came, if you went to a woman and said, "Listen, you know, I have to say this to you," and it, and and if it's true, you said, "Listen, I was in prison for ten years. I did bank robbery ten years ago. I just got out of prison. And man, all I want to do is have sex with a beautiful woman." If you said that to any woman, they'd go, they go, they they'll be thinking, "Well, I'm married, or I I can't, or what?" But they think, "Wow, what a guy." Hmm. Because that's sincerity. They're not used to that. That's authenticity. That's real. Yeah, authenticity. And they want to be the one to give that to you. You know that? If you said, what I, was that? Could you repeat? If, I, if, 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 if you said, I've been 10 years without sex, I was in prison. And, all I want and to I've chosen is, you. Right. And I, no, you don't say that. You, you say, all I want to do is crawl in, in, in bed with a beautiful, warm, the breath of a woman on my face and stroking my hair. That's all I want. If you said that to a woman, Every woman internally in their in their yeah. in their in their spirit would be thinking, "Man, I wish I could be that one for you. I wish I could do that for you." I can't. Yeah, because it, what a compliment! It's huge, it's huge, and it's sincere. Of all the women around, yeah. ten years, and I choose you. I mean, they have to respond to that, man. Yeah. I would respond to that. <laughs> and you're asking for sex? Can you imagine that? And no one would be offended by that. Right. None. Right. Say, I get right. it. I understand. I can't do it because I'm married. But I understand. I respect what you just said. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to uh, present you an assertion regarding beauty, and I want to see if you, uh, you know, how you relate to that. Uh, and this realization was also triggered by your emphasis on beauty. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to you, and that's that it's the female role to excrete beauty, and it's the man's role to perceive beauty. Mm. Furthermore, I think that, you know, when a woman excretes beauty, uh, radiates it, we appreciate it, right? Yeah. Yeah, they know how to manipulate us with makeup and push your bras and whatnot. But we fall for that. We've done that since we were cavemen. And Mm -hmm. But what is little known, I think, and it's a clue to your stuff here, is that women equally appreciates it when they recognize that a man appreciates beauty they see that the man perceives it and they respond to it you know what i mean i, I absolutely do do you agree with that statement i have 100 you know the signature phrase from my book is beauty needs a witness right right and I mean, great one line that's been quoted you know and it's and because it's real beauty beauty arises in the presence of a beauty seeker that's how it works if you're women women have that inherent they have a beauty in them hmm. But it shows up in them when a man who chooses to see beauty in women arrives. That's the way it works. So, so it's a choice. It's not something you have to it's a, kind of it's train. It's a conscious choice. It's, okay. a, it's, a, it's something you have to train to see beauty. It's a perspective shift. Mm. You know, it's like choosing. If you if you look at a woman and think, well, she's she's she probably wants somebody taller than me. I'm not very rich. I'm wearing this shitty T-shirt right now. Um, uh, she looks really busy. She probably has a boyfriend. You have all this this invented assumptions about a girl you never met. You just didn't create an entire story in your head about her that was complete invented by you. Okay. Mm. If you're going to invent a story about that girl over there, why not invent a good one instead of saying, "Well, I'm not tall enough for her. She's probably lonely. 
She she wishes she had a good guy. She would like to meet a guy like me. She's probably excited. She probably you know, she came out here because she doesn't know anybody. You invent a new story. It's a perspective shift, and you have a new perspective in your heart, and it makes you lighter in your steps, makes you taller, stand taller on the earth, makes you feel like it gives you a brightness that you don't have if you have this better story you invent because you you're inventing one. You might as well invent a good one. Right. You see, mm. it's assumptions we make. We assume that we're not good enough for her. That's the fundamental, underlying, heartbreaking, quote-unquote, truth that men believe about themselves. I'm not good enough for her. Yeah, and, and many men think that you have to be... They think it's the same mechanics that work because it's it's no big secret that a beautiful girl has better chance with men than an ugly girl. Yeah, yeah. But the reverse is not the same is not true. You actually say, I think you say something about women are not attracted to men who are good looking. They are attracted right. to what? What are they attracted to? Men who are attractive. Exactly. That's a difference. They're not attracted men who are good looking. You know, they're like with with their girlfriends, they nudge each other with their elbows. Look at that guy. He's, he's got a physique and he's all tall and he's dark and handsome. They look but that lasts about ten seconds. Mm. What they're looking for is a man who has this this sense of, and I'm being abstract here, but it's real, mm. this sense of journey in his heart, this sense of treasure hunting, this the treasure seeker, uh, this sense of of yearning for a spiritual side of his life, you know, and and, and trying to find the transcendent way through life. And, 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 and they're looking for that because they're starved for it. Mm. Women are superficial, just like men are superficial. And this modern age, it's a consumer age, and we're all superficial trying to figure it out. And when we encounter a woman that stops us in our tracks because of her beauty, and I don't mean her looks, her spirit of feminine grace that, that makes a man cry in his heart. Why mm. can't I have a woman like this? We, we all know, every guy listening to this has had an encounter with a woman that broke his heart, not like she dumped him, but he met a girl maybe for five minutes and he thought, wow, what a beauty she was. She smiled and was kind and respectful mm. and empathy and reached out to him. And then she's gone. We remember this like an angel that touches, okay? Mm. So here's the question. And when I say this to men's groups, they go, they're all nodding their head. Yeah, I remember a story like that. So here's the question, men. Have you ever been that for a woman? Right. That five-minute angel that came into her life and she said, man, I met this guy. I, he brought something into my life that made me believe in men again. You see? Mm. So it's... But that's that's where it has to go. It has to go into the the word spiritual is way overused and, and watered down. It it has to go into the transcendent plane, the sublime. Hmm. And if it doesn't, we're just consumers that exist. We bang a girl now and then. We, we we get a job. We get a raise. We lose the job. We we get heart pills when we get older. We get cancer. You know. Be stuck in the rat race, yeah. but you know, uh, you your name, the name of your stuff is Ars Amorata, and yeah. that yeah, that hints to the third angle, the, the third point of your holy trinity. <laughs> we've mentioned honesty, we've mentioned beauty, but I want you to explain a little about love. How does that come into the equation? Well, Because love is an, Ars Amorata uh, is referring to love, right? Yeah, love is love is a word that is also watered down and, sure. and generalized, and so I avoid things like love, um, authenticity. These words are like kind of like life coaching moments, you know. Like 
Um, yeah, but I perceive you have a heart aspect in your stuff. Isn't that right? Of course. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm not against the the, the concept. And mm. you know, Ars Emirata is it's fake Latin. Ars <laughs> A R S A M O R A T A. What happened was like years ago, maybe 15 years ago, I was interviewed mm-hmm. by a woman for men's. It was for Men's Health Magazine, South Africa. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. Okay. Men's Health Magazine. She interviewed me, and she said, "Zan." Um, is you know, has read some of the classics like Casanova, The Adventures of Casanova, and the 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 books, the poems by Ovid, the Roman poet Ovid, two thousand years ago, called Ar, Ars Amatoria. Ars Amatoria, right. and Ars Amat- yeah. yeah, and Ars Amatoria is real Latin. It means the book of the art of love. And it was a pickup artist uh, manual 2,000 years ago. That's what he wrote, right. how to get Roman girls, okay? Right, so right. Ovid, the Roman poet, wrote this 2,000 years ago and it's called the Ars Amatoria and she misspelled it in the magazine Ars Amorata. Ah. So it's a misspelling and I stole it. I, it's a trademark <laughs> and it, just, it means nothing, but it does mean something if you listen to it, right? Ars Amorata means the, the art of love or the art of... Uh, yeah, it's the art of beauty is what it is, you know, so yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I'm going to give you an interesting um, thing about it too. <laughs> if you divide the word amorata, mm-hmm. you have two meanings. You have amor, obviously, love, mm-hmm. but ata in many languages also mean like not the grandfather, but the founding father, like the top dog. Oh, I never heard that before. No, I know. So that's what I'm telling you. That's cool. So Arta is like, is like the, you know, the basic ancestor. So I, I, yeah. I, I love that hidden aspect of it that's too. That's great. Although yeah. it wasn't intended. Yeah, I stole the phrase and it's a trademark and it's been my business. Never, it works well, man. Yeah, Ars Emirata and everybody understands it and, you know, it has some wheels in the world. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, speaking about titles, your book is not called how to become a toy cow no it's called it could be <laughs> that's a good title it's though called, right but it's called the alabaster yeah. girl isn't that right that's right so what's up with that title well that's a great question um i put it in the book but when i was young i wrote a poem it's like three lines mm-hmm. and it was me trying to understand my youthful insecure self okay and the, and the poem is this, man has only ever searched for three things in this world, the source of light, the perfect note, an alabaster girl. Hmm. So I took, the, I took the title from my own thing. In other words, men, since the beginning of time, civilization since the beginning of time, has looked for three things, the, the source of light. In other words, why are we here? Yeah, yeah, sure. How, how, what created us? The Big Bang, right? That's mm. the big fundamental question. The second thing is, now that we are here, how do you live a life of relevance and a, a life from cradle to grave that has meaning? In other words, the perfect note. Mm. It has. It hits the perfect note. And the last thing is the alabaster girl we've been seeking since we were little boys, which is this this divine sense of the feminine grace that that rebirths the heart of man, that makes us aspire to climb mountains, that makes makes us warriors, that makes us, that gives us danger in our hearts, that gives us, you know, it's like, it's the the warrior's repose, which is 
the 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 fierce warrior goes out there and he fights the lion and he fights the saber-toothed tiger or he fights the enemy and he comes crawling back into the tent or the cave and he puts his head on the lap of his woman and she and she and she and she holds him and she strokes his hair and says it's going to be okay so out there he's a warrior he's fierce he's right. fighting battles he's destroying he's a, he's he's a destructor and he comes back in and he's taken care of by the feminine grace so he has the braveness to show vulnerability that's correct that is so the alabaster girl that's sexy for girls right exactly Mm. the alabaster girl represents that allegory of of the cave the alabaster girl is the ideal that we have in our hearts since we're little boys that we'll never find and i wrote a whole book about it but it's it's the spirit in my lingo it's called the sacred feminine Mm -hmm. but it's the same thing there you go same thing. But is the book, uh, I have uh, already admitted I haven't read it, but is the book uh, either a covert or an overt self-biography? Well, oh, that's a good question. Because I wrote it about a man and a woman on a train having a conversation. Yeah, I read that page because it was free, <laughs> it was free on Amazon. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, the it's abstracted away from me. So I've been on radio shows and say, well, is it, you said in the book, well, I didn't say it, the guy in the train said it. <laughs> right, right. You know? Yeah, and I'm not an adherent to that every art necessarily expresses the nature of the artist right. because I firmly believe we can create something not of this world. We can create something bigger than ourselves. Great, great. But, I mean, sometimes we also put ourselves in it. So that's why I want to know. Of course. Yeah, yeah. there's a huge element. Like when I was writing this book, it took, it took me 10 years to write it. Mm. From age 40, I started it and I finished at age 50. I, I published it on my birthday. Jesus, yeah. 10 years, wow. 10 years, 10 years. I was traveling the world, doing public speaking, doing seminars, doing coaching, doing weekend intensives and writing this crazy book. Mm-hmm. And and when I was writing the book, I, I, I'm i like you. You just told me about your beautiful library of your collector of books. You love the smell and feel <laughs> of books. I'm saying, I'm the guy, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and when I was, imagine this, writing that book for 10 years, I'd be in an airport and I'd go into a bookstore, which I'm drawn to. I cannot resist, right? I love this, the idea of bookstores. I would walk into a bookstore and I would spend three minutes in there looking around and then I would have this guilty pang and I would leave the bookstore for 10 years because I thought, how can I buy and read and absorb a book when I, and I should be writing my own, mm. number one? Mm. So I would feel like, well, I really should just write my book instead of reading. And then the second thing was I didn't want to dilute it with anything. I didn't want to have it influenced by any other influences. So it came out of my – basically, the alabaster girl was like vomited out of my system from my years of experience and rejection and loss and my, my, my slow awakening and understanding – and it's 95% of that book, you'll never, it's original. You'll never read anywhere, ever. Nobody's mm. ever saying this half the stuff I've said in there or 95% of the stuff. And it's my observation of men and women and the dynamics of relationship. And it's, and, and it's an allegory. Yeah, yeah, because the format is a novel, not an instruction manual, right? Well, here's the thing. I, when I was going to publish the book, I went to New York City and I went and knocked on all the doors of all the literary agents and all the publishing companies because that's the center of the world for publishing, right? New York. Mm-hmm. And they all said, listen, you know, we're sitting in boardrooms. And they said, we, we read the first three chapters of your book, but uh, what are we going to do with it? Because it's not a novel. It's not fiction. It's not nonfiction. It's not self-help. It's not business development. It's like, wh- where are we going to put it on the shelf? Oh, my God. So because it didn't fit yeah. in the pre... I mean, that makes it stand out. 
what they they said, how, how can we sell this? We yeah. didn't know where to put it on the shelf. What, right. what genre is it? I don't know. So, so uh, yeah. So. Yeah, but I think that's a disadvantage. It's actually an advantage. Mm. I, anyway, so I, yeah. how did you solve it? So I solved it by publishing it myself, and and right, and, right. and I did it myself. And but the book is a, is a complex book because, and I couldn't write it any other way. I started to write it out just to, since you, your your listeners are book lovers. Yeah, I started to write a book that I would want to read when I was young. That would help me because mm. I had no help. I had nobody to look. I had no hero. I had nobody to put their arm around me and say, "Son, I'll, let me teach you." You know, this is how you hold an axe. This is how you fix a car, and this is how you talk to women. Let me teach you. We didn't have that father figure. I didn't. Plus, you started before the PUA right. movement. Yeah. Yes. So here's me writing this this book, and and I, and I had no help. So I, I started to write it. And what I had to erase from it and destroy from it was any hint of self-help. The number one genre of books, besides romance novels nowadays, is self-help books, right? Yeah, yeah. Self-help. And it's everybody's got self-help books all over their wall, you know, how to be a better this, more excellent, more money, all this stuff. And I, I didn't want it to feel like that. So I, I stripped anything out of it. And it's more of an allegory, I guess. And basically, it's, it's three layers deep, like the movie Inception. Okay. Ah, nice. Yeah. So the first level is a man and woman on a train, and he's captive there because he's on the train. And she came to interview him. This is the convoluted part. <laughs> she came to interview this guy because he wrote a book called The Alabaster Girl. Ah, nice. Which is the book within the book. Yeah. So we have this train conversation between him and her saying, tell me, tell me about why you wrote the book. And he says, you really want to know? She says, I want to know the truth. How, you know, you've had a life of women and you wrote a book about your memory of women. Tell me the truth of it. So he then says, you really want to know? I'll tell you everything because I'm stuck on the train with you. And then there's a brain dump, which is a monologue, which is the, the, the most part of the book is this commentary to women in general about why mm. you love that kind of man, why you respond to him when you don't respond to the men and why he has you, you, you instantly put him in have him in your bed in your life when other men have to do three dates and a whole thing okay mm -hmm. so i wrote about he, this is a man instructing women how how uh, presumptuous is that <laughs> instructing women this is why you respond to me i'll tell you why boom so this is a monologue so the train journey is one level then he opens up into this discourse this monologue to all women this is why i have women in my life and other men do not here this is why i do this 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 all the things we talked about, authenticity, you know, subcommunications, all in there. Mm. And then interspersed in between all of that is pieces of the fictional book he wrote. Right. That's the third level, which is the Alabaster Girl, which is this memory and pastiche and dreamscapes of the women he's had in his life. And he writes this. So there's three different voices. There's the, the conversation on the train, the monologue to women, and then this dreamscape. There's three different styles of writing, and it was hard. It took me 10 years. It's a super interesting technique. I just wonder, did you consciously write his book separately? Like no. you wrote that Alabaster Girl, or did you have to kind of come up with parts of it during? It, it, it was during. And, and I tell you, like I said, it took me 10 years, and yeah. and it, it had to have an element of you know, I went to Nicaragua because I was traveling, doing public speaking, this kind of stuff. And my, and I was seven years into the book. And I'm thinking, man, I got to finish this thing. I'm 90% <laughs> done. 
So I need to be, you know, you know, the anybody who's a writer will listen to this and say, yeah, that's me. I need mm. to be stuck in prison for six months or stranded on a deserted island for six months so I can finish this book. So I can, mm. no distractions, right? No internet, mm. no nothing. Mm. So I artificially created that for myself. I went to Nicaragua <laughs> and I lived in a small fishing village for four months to finish my book. I went there and I disconnected from the internet for four months from the whole world, right. disconnected, no phone, no nothing. And I sat there in the same t-shirt and shorts every day, sweating in this, in, in Nicaragua in the summer, hot summer, and the, and the fishermen would go out and catch their fish or something like that to finish my book. I was 90% done. That was seven. I mean, that, that's a very typical writer's uh, trick. You know? <laughs> I did my own writer's retreat. Yeah. Exactly. And I spent four months there, hmm. which is plenty of time to finish 10, last 10% of the book. And I would work on the book in the morning and then I'd go lay in the hammock and then I would go eat some fruit salad and I'd eat a fish. I'd look at the fishermen. I'd look at the, there's nothing to do. There's no electricity. So the, the sun would go down at eight o'clock and then you go to bed. Right. right. I just pray you didn't have a writer's block exactly then. No, but what I <laughs> discovered was what I discovered after four months. Yeah. I didn't finish the book at all. Okay. And I thought, well, I had no distractions and I'm, and I still didn't finish. How is that possible? And I realized it took me another couple of years to finish it. I realized that Nicaragua, the, the excursion to Nicaragua, which I thought was going to be something to help me finish the book was not that. What it did was it gave a flavor to the book that it would not have had. Mm. Which is, I lived in a small fishing village of 300 people, and they had they they were full of joy. The children were full of joy, and they had nothing. And every three years, a typhoon would come and wipe out their 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 huts, and they have to build it again. Jeez! And I went from there on a plane to Amsterdam and did a weekend intensive with 20 guys in the center of Amsterdam, and I thought something's wrong. Culture shock, huh? Yeah, because here's these guys. We're saying, oh, my life sucks. And th th those families down there were full of joy and full of love and full right. of empathy and kind. So something came into the book that wouldn't have been there. And I, I thought it was to finish the book, but it really was to put a flavor into it that I didn't, it wouldn't have had. So I'm talking a lot. But so it got spiced instead, but that's, that's spiced, great. Yeah. 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 But, but, but does it have like a traditional, um, uh, a dramaturgy no there's there's no plot you know could it be a film a movie <laughs> no i don't know you know i've had people say this would be a great play play mm. but i can't see it i can't it could be a movie there's no plot nothing happens nobody changes the the protagonist yeah, doesn't learn a lesson the antagonist have you seen a movie called my dinner with andre i i have but i've heard of it it's basically two people talking but it's a fascinating movie there are you know some solutions that could work it could be maybe done, yeah. Yeah, especially such a subject like this, because in the book, he, he does a monologue. But if you put visuals to it, you could illustrate it with, uh, oh. uh, you know, actual a man and a woman interacting. Well, okay, imagine this, Al, because I just finished, which was really hard for me to do, the audiobook version, okay? I recorded it in my own voice by myself. Oh. Ten days. Nice. Ten days of my head stuck in a, in a broom closet, so dampen the sound on top of a microphone, with <laughs> looking at my iPhone and scrolling it, reading it. Right, right. I recorded the audiobook, and, but the problem is there's three different layers of writing, so three different voices. Right. So I'm not sure how to post-production it, so that you understand this is a conversation between this man and a train, and now this is his monologue to women in general, and now this is the dreamscape of his memory of women in the Alabaster book, fictional book. I don't know how to distinguish it so the reader of the audiobook can understand, or the listener 
can understand, oh, now I'm in an alabaster book, yeah. fictional piece, and now I'm back in the monologue, and now I'm back, you know? I guess there are two ways to do it. One would be to introduce all the voices. Yeah, which I didn't do. <laughs> no. And the second would be to put in like, like just, for example, just a bell every time you go yeah, to the... Yeah, placeholder, yeah. I thought for the train journey, we, we're still thinking about it. For the train journey, we start with a little, you know, a train sound mm. to start that and then and end it with the train sound. Right. And then the monologue has a different tone. And then maybe the dreamscape, the, the pieces of the alabaster, the poetry that he wrote about women has maybe some kind of a sonic difference, you know? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, like a couple of harp strings or something. Yeah. That always works well for dreams. Because I've never listened to audiobook. I like it, But I, I'm sure of one thing, although I haven't read uh, you, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be also an aesthetic experience, a poetic experience. Go. It's not just the information, but it's also the experience of beauty while you read it, yeah, right? Yeah, Al, it's 400 pages long, and it could be 200. But yeah. if I wanted to just put the information out there. Yeah. But the you're you're a reader, so you get this. You, I know you'll understand exactly what I'm about to say. The the musicality of the sentences, the up and down, the rhythm of the sentences, the cadence had to have the same message as the content. Mm. It had to have the same feel, so that you feel like you're caught up in something. So there's a lot of repetition, a lot of circular writing, I guess you could say. And I couldn't do it any other way. I couldn't just plank plop down information. Is a book that I would want to read. You know, I want to read something yeah. that that makes me feel in the way the sentences go and and the words flow, makes me feel that energy of the man and woman looking at each other from across the bar and and subcommunicating. I want to feel that from the sentences. So that's definitely what I tried to do. And um, yeah, it's it's probably going to have great examples of subcommunication. I can't wait. Yeah, there's a lot. I can't wait, can't wait to read that. But you know, it's interesting because in this day and age, um, most readers these days are women. And especially when it comes to uh, stuff like, um, you know, more aesthetic and poetic stuff. Correct. Men tend to, uh, you know, be more right brain there. But I'm wondering, and you can answer this, if you look at uh, the book Way of the Superior Man of David Dada, Yes. I usually say to girls that although this book is about is like a gift to men, uh, a girl can learn just as much reading about it because if you focus on one polarity, you automatically imply the other. Mm -hmm. You will learn about both, right? That's right. And indeed, when I talked with Michaela Bohm, who's uh, Data's uh, or was Data's left-hand girl, right? Yeah. She said that, well, actually, Al. The majority of people who read it is women. That's correct. <laughs> they, and they force the men to read it. That's right. So I'm wondering, would it be the same kind of For sure. thing happening with your book? It's the same thing. Like it's the women that really understand it and get it and, and write me. I, I get messages every day from women saying, you know, like, you, your book made me understand something about my own heart. Right. And I'm not, I'm not this guy who's a coach to women. I don't, I'm just a dude that likes girls, you know, like, mm. <laughs> so. I'm not, in, I'm not enlightened. I'm not a guru. I'm not this, you know, but I try to write something that captures the spirit of the men and women who really have an experience together. Mm -hmm. I tried to capture that. So there's no question that, you know, with, 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 with David Data, it's, it's the same thing. Like, like my stuff, a lot of guys will, will, will look at myself and say, well, I, how does that get me laid tonight? 
and then they turn away. They'll come back years later, right? They'll come back years yeah. later. So it's very boutique and very, um, it's not for everybody. It's, it's for men who are seekers, like I said, and treasure hunters who want to have a better experience, who want to live a life of adventure, get out of their hometown, go travel, you know, this kind of thing. Mm. And women get it. Women will read it. There's some feminists that read my book and say, oh, I don't agree. Blah, blah. I know you don't agree, but I'm not wrong. You don't have to agree. Well, I think you're wrong. Well, I'm not wrong. That's okay. You can wear it, right? Because I, I know, because I've read the heart of women, I've spent my life in the in in the in the company and arms of women, and, and this is what they told me. Not not trying to educate me; they're not any more more wise than men are, but just by their spirit and what they would say. I say I started to learn things about them, you know. So I captured it, and but most women read it and say, you know what? For the first time, I understand my my this part of me that I never that I in, I kind of knew it, but I never heard it expressed. Yeah. So for sure, women read the book, and I'll be I'll be talking to a group in Norway, for instance. I, I talked I, I've talked to uh, in Sweden and Norway. I've talked to feminist groups there, and it's incredible. Anyway, I, I tell me next time you call, me and my man cave can can attend. Perfect. Mm. Absolutely, I would I would absolutely like to entertain that. No problem. Mm. But I've talked to mixed groups before, and you can see the men going. Their, 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 their eyebrows are going up. Well, I don't agree with that. I don't think, and, and the women are going, what? How does he know this? So, and in the Q and A and after the guy will say, well, I don't agree with you because I think that women are blah, 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 blah. And yeah. That's the, that's the type I was talking about. The academic yeah. type. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I, and I say, I say, okay. So you don't agree with what I just said about, you know, these things. So tell me about you. Are you in a relationship? No. <laughs> Tell me about your last relationship. Well, I've uh, never had a relationship. How old are you? I'm 32. Right. And I'm and then I'm thinking, okay, carry on with your belief because you're doing you're you don't have to believe what I'm saying. You know, you understand? Mm. Carry on. Yeah, you're doing fine. You, you you seem to be okay in your own little stew. So sit there in your stew. You know. Mm. But women go. Uh, women understand and. And the ones who are receptive to it, obviously, just like the men who are receptive, it's only for a few who will understand what I'm trying to what I'm trying to write about. I'm trying to write about art, creativity, transcendence, a life well lived, you know, and mm. beauty mm. in men and women. So yeah, and and only a few will understand it. Yeah, yeah. But the heart perspective, because you said something, and you can help me remind me of that one-liner. I loved it. You said it in the sh- uh, thing I heard about uh, in the car today. You said something about um, women love men either who loves them or are in on their side or something. Yeah, w- yeah. Women are... Exactly. Women... There's a subset of men. Not every man. In fact, maybe 2% of men hmm. who have a free pass with women. Imagine this. Imagine this. They, if women look at them and said that he's on her side, and he automatically is in their hearts, in their beds. There's no dating. There's no, there's no convincing. There's no yeah. uh, back and forth. They just and we and every guy listening to this will know guys like that, right? There's a, there's a, yeah sure one out of every hundred men or two out of every hundred men get a free pass and how the how what the heck how could. He slept with her and they slept with her girlfriend and they're okay with it. Right. And I can't even get a date, you know? Yeah. So it's because of their, it's, there's a, there's a spirit in those men that is missing from the earth. 
and it and it used to be in men's hearts and you know it, it's it's the masculine edge it's the masculine it's a desire it's the the danger of the man's masculine edge that wants to bend the world over in kindness and re- respect and empathy but he doesn't mask it our problem is we mask our sexual energy we hide it under a bushel we pretend that we're asexual so we don't offend yeah right especially in this modern modern age modern society you, you have to be careful you can't even look at a girl walking down the street because you're offensive now you're toxic masculinity and we've lost something because of it absolutely yeah, yeah i want to illustrate this with a, a experience from reality um i knew i know two guys both of them were in their 30s and they were both virgins okay they were out in a cafe, uh, on a nightclub and they were talking the whole night with two girls who kind of showed them attention i guess sure. they were you know they were being nice guys and giving them drinks and everything okay. afterwards when everybody was standing outside you know when the, it's closest down there's always this chaotic uh, period where the people uh, leaving with taxis and all that right. and, and many lost desperate attempts right <laughs> now what happened was that they were hoping they would nail it they were hoping they would close it you know nachspiel that's a big thing here in norway after uh, everything is closing then we go home nachspiel we call it i like it it's german actually it means night so what happened a guy a black dude actually who hasn't even he he wasn't even in that place he come walking along the pavement along the road he was like kind of reggae guy very chill yeah yeah he he was passing the crowd and when he came to them you know the two incels and the two <laughs> girls they were courting he just yeah. he just grabbed uh, he took one hand over the shoulder of one of the girls the other hand around the shoulder of the other girls he didn't say anything he looked at one girl and he grinned he looked at the other girl and he grinned yeah. and then he just walked along God. with both of them and there they were standing yeah. super shocked both of them yeah. he wasn't even a good looking guy and this is all about what you're talking about non communicational um, uh, what you, what did you call it again um subcommunication subcommunication and conspiracy <laughs> secret garden yeah and and this is a story from real life guys that's incredible it happens you know what You know what I love about this story? That fascinates me. That uh, fascinates me since I was 18. I've watched a guy like that move through the crowd. How? How? Yeah. How does he have What does he have that other men don't have that he's not even speaking? Right. He just has this and 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 and, and you'll hear guys say, "Well, it's confidence." No, it's there's something else beyond that. It's beautiful. Mm. And it's and it's and everybody has it in their heart. So I've been I spent my whole life trying to coach men towards this to to say that wait there's a better way of looking at it so that you if 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 a guy spends even 24 hours with me not even that spends an evening with me out where there's pretty girls they will feel it in their heart instantly yeah they'll they'll see it for the first time because I see it and I can see it through his eyes I say watch this turn your face I I I can physically turn the guy's face look at that girl there and watch this Watch what happens here if you stand and look at this direction here and and to see their face light up because they feel it for the first time ever that energetic subcommunication is beautiful. Mm. What you just described to me is like that's a brother in arms, man. Mm. I would go shake that guy's hand and say, "You know what? You're doing something right. Good for you, man. I see you. I recognize you. Go for it, brother." 100%. I'm assuming he's a natural. Uh, well, I, the naturals are not born. The naturals are guys. Really? The, of course. 
Wow. Of course. Every guy is insecure. Now you are, now you are blowing my paradigm. I, yeah. I thought there was like those guys who kind of had it from there were uh, teenagers and then those who had to learn it the hard way like you and me. Well, it, no, everybody's got to learn it. Some people learn it the hard way like you and me. Mm. And some people learn it just by being in the company of women since they were little boys, for instance. Right. If they have siblings. And, and all their mother's friends come over and kiss them in the cheek and love them. And he crawls under the table, looks up their skirts. You see? <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So some get it earlier and some get it later. Like I got it later. You got right, it. right. So it's not genetic what, what you're not saying. Not genetic, yeah, of course. No, yes, no. I agree. It's, it's cultured, it's learned, it's a sense of curiosity, and it's, a, and, it, and it's also a real love of women and want women around you. You have to mm. really like women and want them around you. Yeah, that's the point you were making, that they have to feel you're on their side. So they, on their they, side, yeah. So if you are coming off as a magto incel, they can sense your hostility, right? And that's a turnoff. Of course. It's a complete turnoff because it, 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 they can sense, you know, the, the, the old phrase is a woman can smell pussy on a man. <laughs> I tell you. I've never heard it. I love that's it. As true as true as anything. An old guy told me that one time, you know, a woman can smell pussy. It's true. Women can smell. If you're with other women, they're automatically attracted to you. If you, if you have sex with a woman in the afternoon, you go out to the bar that night, you can have women all over you. Mm. If you don't take a shower. Right. Yeah, a guy I know in England, he had a trick. He sh changed shirts before he went to town, but he never, you know, washed himself under the arms and stuff. He was insisting that his sweat uh, worked. Yeah, it's true. But he had to change shirts. He couldn't have a stenchy clothes. We shouldn't say this. We, we shouldn't say this because we're going to have guys going out there like stinking up the bar. <laughs> yeah, <now>. no. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a balance, guys. Dan said, don't change my change. Don't take a shower. Yeah. No, but it's like there's there's something in that... There's something in it that is just a, a, a women can tell when a man is comfortable around the presence of women and they and they're used to women around them. OK, yeah, yeah. now guys say, well, how do I do that practically? I don't have women around me. I know a guy. I won't say the city because it might give it away to somebody who's listening. But mm. I know a guy in a big city who a great guy. And he said, Zan, listen, I got these these three Russian women. For two years, come into my house. I cook for them. They hang out with me. We go out to the bar and stuff like that. And I, I never had sex with any of them. And they're hot. Mm -hmm. I go, really? So I went there, <laughs> or I was there. Mm -hmm. And I and met these three girls. And they came over. Oh, we love him. He's so cute. And he's so wonderful. And I'm thinking, what? He wants to bang all you girls. I said it to them. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, because me. He wants to bang you girls. And I said it in front of him, too. Uh -huh. And you girls are like, And they said, no, that's not him. He's not like that. He's not like that. He comes out with us and we go flirt with guys and, and he's like our, our buddy and we hang out with him and he cooks his food. I'm thinking, no, he goes wrong because this guy likes you and he doesn't, I'm saying, apologize to you, my friend, but he would bang any one of you in a second. Hmm. And instantly they turned on to the point of, really? How, how can we never heard this from him? You know? And, 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 and his mind was thinking, no, that's too strong and aggressive for me. Well, then you did two years of nice guy energy with these girls and they took advantage of your, your money, your penthouse suite in, in right. this, this city. They came over, they, you know, you took care of them financially. You took them out to bars where they couldn't get in normally sort of thing. And then they're running off with other guys. Two years and, 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 and you're saying that that's good for you? Hmm. Well, that's not my, that's not my, well, your nature is what? You're, you, you hired me because you're frustrated about life and you're frustrated about this energy in your life. You want to finally show up in the world. 
and now you're disagreeing with what I'm saying to you. You see? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, because those fictional excuses, those notions, dogmatic notions are really our biggest challenge. Mm. And I think when you said, you said that in, you, you made a point out of our time and age, because the difference is, and I know you know this, is that in, and all the times, and in, still in some cultures, they had this coming of age ritual where man That's had correct. to conquer their fears. We don't have that anymore. Yeah. And Scandinavia is one of the worst <laughs> areas in the world. We are so under the heel of um, this nice guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, a guy like you coming here, it would be, there's no competition. You could just... <laughs> The girls would run I talked to you. a group in, in Oslo. I talked to a group in Oslo. Yeah. 300 guys in the audience. And I'm standing, I'm this Canadian dude, right? I'm standing in front of these Norwegian crowd in Oslo years ago. You can see it on YouTube. Ooh. And all I can think is, I'm in the land of the Vikings and Arctic explorers. No Vikings anymore, man. They are purged. I know. And I'm thinking, yeah. how is this possible? What happened? Yeah. What happened? That you come to listen to this Canadian guy talk about women. How is this possible? Where, where is that energetic right. warrior spirit that you have and had, you know, had and have? But I have to tell uh, people who listen that uh, they have discovered actually that the Vikings, they were obviously not these brutes that are portrayed to be. What they did. Yes. They uh, had a kind of not the sameness, as you call it, that we have today. They had equality. The women, equality women, yeah, I know this. They respected their women, yeah. yeah. Women went out to battle, and even they could even offer up the women uh, to guests for sex. Yeah, I heard this too, since I was a kid. If, it was, in, if they really respected and, and uh, yeah. yeah, that was like a honorable... I heard this when, in, 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 when I was a kid in, in Canada. You heard the stories from Sweden and, and Finland. Whether they're true or not, that yeah. if you go and you have to, you know, your car breaks down, you and you go to the farmer's house, the farmer gives you his daughter to sleep with. You know? <laughs> like, man, I want to go to Finland. I want to go to Sweden. Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but you, I've also heard that of some cultures, like in Africa, where they are more relaxed to sex. Yeah, you know, in the, at least in the old days, and I think that's the clue that they had. Uh, they didn't have patriarchal structure. They didn't have matriarchal structure. Correct. Yeah. But they had uh, sexual liberated uh, culture. That's right. It's a different energy, yeah, yeah, for sure. Not not this scarcity, possessive, jealous. Yes, we're Puritan. We have the the Western European thing is Puritanism. Yeah. And this Victorian age, which is like you can't show an ankle, and you know all this kind of stuff, and. You look at, you go to, to India and these other places and on carved into the temple yeah. is erotic porn scenes. Exactly. You know? Yep. And here we, we it's... Not it's just that. They have... Ritual. A millennia old instruction manual in, in sex and love. Exactly. Exactly. And it's normal and it's, and it's beloved and it's healthy and it's benign, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think the important thing that we've lost is the man has to conquer his fear. Yeah. And you said something um, I heard about, we didn't even have a word for teenager. That was you, right? You said, you, yeah. yeah. And I think that's important because uh, we are mothered and smothered as men. Yeah, we're babies. And we never confront our fears, right? And then, we so, never have that. We never have that rite of passage that you talked right about, of passage, which is the, the vision quest. Yeah. The vision quest or the, the, the conversion process, which is a very deep 
conversion process, which we've had in every culture, every country, every uh, civilization throughout of history, that we always had a rite of passage from boys to men. And it was, you know, the, 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 the Lakota Sioux in the Black Hills in, 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 in America, the natives, they would send a boy, he's 10 years old or whatever, and they would send him out into the wilderness naked and afraid and, and, and excited and, and exhilarated and cold. And you go out there for days and days and days and have these delirious uh, dreams until he became, until he had these vision quests, they call it a vision quest, mm. right? And he would, he would discover or, or envision or dream about his, his totem animal, an eagle or a bear or something like that. And he would come back with this, with this transformation, this, this, uh, this euphoric transformation. He'd come back to the village and the men would look at him and say, you know what? Now you can stand here with the men. Stand right here, right beside me. It's a brother. Yeah. He's 10 years old or 11, right? Yeah. Because they had to write a passage. You're no longer a boy. And only in our Western culture, in only since 1950 or something, at the word teenager in English did not exist in the English language before 1950. Mm. It was invented. Yeah. It was invented to extend our childhood from, you know, 11 to 19. In all of history, in all cultures, we had boys and we had men. There was a trans, there was a, there was a, there was a, a, a transformation process, a ritual that happened, right? The vision quest, mm. right? And so we were boys and there were men. Now we're boys. We graduate slowly in, we, we blend into teenagers. We blend into uh, young adults. We blend into men. We blend into old age. And there's no transformation anymore. There's no rituals. There's no demarcations of then and now. I, I was, the, the Bible says, you know, when I was a boy, I spake as a boy. And there I was. And now I'm a man. I speak as a man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we've lost that. In Scandinavia, in Canada, and everywhere, the men are boys, just like they used to be. You know, we were boys then playing with toys, and now we're boys playing with toys, but we don't have the same sense of fun that we used to have. Yeah. We've lost something. So, yeah, I can go on. Yeah, and, and a fragment of that you can see in the Christian confirmation ritual. That's really just a Christianization of that rite of passage. Or the Jewish one, or yeah. any of these things is like, there's there's a rite of passage that says you were a boy now you're a man mm. stand on the earth like a man mm. and because we didn't get that instruction we didn't get that transformation we didn't get that ritual we're sucky little boys who are wishing or we're complaining that the world doesn't be nice to us yeah. and we're and we're complaining that women are not nice to us can you imagine yeah that? we and we need it but it's worse than that son it's not just that but it's also that uh, people have no clue what it means to be a man that's correct. That's why, that's why we bow down. That's why you'll hear men say this. Can you imagine this? A man saying this. Oh, I'm, I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. <laughs> what that, what, what? You're going to appropriate that, that stance from women too? You're going to take over that role too for women? You can be a yeah, feminist. That's a good point. You, right? you, you're berating them of their voice. You're stealing them of their, of their own voice. I'm going to be a feminist. I'll be a feminist. I'm, men saying they're feminists, I want to slap them. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah. It's like we're men and we stand on this earth as men and we've and, and that's why the world looks at men as toxic because we're nice guy, sensitive, ass kissing energy. Yeah. And it's wrong. We don't stand we've lost the sense of conviction. Our sentences go up at the end. So do you wanna do you wanna go would you like to get together sometime? You wanna go to the mall? 
uh, it goes up at the end. Like it, mm. we're 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 tentative. We're apologetic. We're defending. And we're asking, asking, asking. In other words, giving her. Asking, asking, asking. Not making statements. Exactly. Make statements. Giving her the power to make a decision. Exactly. And then, and then we, de- we, we, we depend our future happiness on her decision. Oh, she rejected me. Yeah. I knew it. I suck. I'm going to go back yeah. home. Go back to my computer games. I tried. I talked to the girl and she rejected me. So it's something's wrong. We don't have conviction. We don't, we don't draw a line in the sand. We don't stand on this earth as men with our two feet that, that our ancestors gave us, you know? Mm. Our, and we, every man on this earth, including you, including me, had a father who had a father who had a father who had a father. You can go all the way back to Adam mm. or to the unbroken molecules from the primordial soup. And there was unbroken line of men banging women who had a son and you're here. And now, yeah, yeah, but but not just that; they were successful in it. Not everyone was. That's right; they were successful. Mm. There's there's entire ancestry lines that died out because the guy was the you know uh, nice guy, <laughs> nice guy, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there you go. Okay. You know, I look at men today, like in Scandinavia, like, and I'm thinking, you man, you have the spirit from your ancestors, Odin, yeah, and yeah. Thor, and and the sagas, the Icelandic sagas exactly. that, that identify that that. that that is the literary history of Scandinavia. And, and the honor, uh, you know, being, being honor. Yeah, ethical was very important. And the pantheon of the gods and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And we have that as your legacy in history. And you're, gonna, you're apologetic because you like a girl in the mall at the, at the food court. <laughs> Incredible. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, the trivial stuff, website, courses, all that. Okay. But I, I just want to finish this off with uh, an example from my own life to illustrate because people know me who listen and they trust me. And I go- want to use this as an illustration of why this stuff works because they are, they're so skeptical. No, it doesn't work. It's just bullshit. No, I'll give you how little is necessary in this little story. Okay. So I was... Um, out uh, in my former life i was a meditation coach oh okay and i was out uh, uh, putting up posters that worked uh, especially before internet took over so much so i met a girl that i knew a very sexy girl i didn't know her very well <clears throat> oh what you're doing no i'm just putting up posters okay you want to take a coffee yeah sure mm. and so we went to uh shop where I was putting up the poster and I just complete here and then we go to the cafe, sure. And so there was some room, some places and she said, oh, put it here. Uh, She had her hands on the poster together with me. I'll put it here. And then, and I didn't do this deliberately but I could have done if I knew the rules of the game, but I just (laughs) pulled it out of, you know, I just forcefully said, no, not there, here. Bam. Wow. Yeah. And so all all our hands ended up there. Now this is like super insignificant, okay? People who are clueless wouldn't understand what happened there. Would not pick up on it. I get it immediately. I get it immediately. Exactly. But I'll tell you what happened afterwards. And I had to analyze it to understand it because I didn't pick up on it either. She started to dance around me like a puppy for attention. Yeah, of course. That little thing. That little thing, guys. Yeah, yeah. Could you 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 explain this to people? Yeah, Al, 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 it's it's because... Uh, you put down boundaries. And I tell you, I write about it in my book. 
guys who are listening, go get my book, man. <laughs> uh, go to alabastagirl.com. I give free, uh, I'll send you a free copy. I'll sign it and send it to you. You just have to pay for shipping. I've got, I've, I've printed a bunch in Romania. If you have 2,000, are all of them signed? No, but I have to sign them as they come, as the orders come in. <laughs> I sign them every week. Yeah, I, I sign them by hand. Oh, so you do that. I get like 50 orders a, yeah, okay, a day cool. and I sign them 50 books a day. Yeah. And we ship them out. Okay. But uh, the idea is, is, um, what you just talked about is is boundaries, and I talk about it in my book, which you'll read, which is this concept that men have the common the, the greatest men, the greatest men, the greatest leaders, the greatest everything, have a combination of two things. Number one, they're father figures to women. Now, this is what I'm saying. They're a father figure that they say, "Listen, you cross the boundary, don't do it again." Mm. What you what you just described, okay? Mm. At the same time. There's simultaneously little boys who need saving. So she can say, no, you can't wear that shirt. No, let me, let me fix your hair before you go out. And so if you are represent, I'm saying this very fast. You represent both of those energies. The father figure who you cannot cross his boundary. I don't care how gorgeous you are, how beautiful Instagram model you are. <laughs> do not do it. I just said, don't do it again. That's a father figure energy to the little girl who's misbehaving. Okay. That energy. At the same time, you're a little boy who crawls into the lap of the woman, like I said, the, the warrior's repose, and he needs saving because she, she strokes his hair and say, tells him it's going to be okay. If you have the combination of both, simultaneously, not one, then the other, it's who you are both. Women will adore you to the day they die. They'll never forget meeting you ever. Mm. Yeah. So what you just talked about in, in that experience you had, you put down a boundary, so don't do this. I don't like it. I don't want it. Don't do it again. Hmm. And you say it in kindness and empathy, not angry, like, oh, stomping around. Ah. Yeah, of course. You don't lose your temper. You say, listen, I said it and I don't want it and don't do it again. Women go, they instantly, everything short circuits in their mind. And women, feminists say, that's not true. That's not true. I don't care what they say, like I said. Forget that. Yeah, it's yeah. real and I'm not wrong. There you go. Yeah, I agree. So um, you have the, and I guess people who are more on one polarity have to learn how to get the other. That's correct. Because because we both have both potential in us. That's right. Being the vulnerable boy and being the boundary setting man, we have. Yeah, and to. we're either one or the other. And if you're if you're just the boundary setting man, you're the asshole. Yeah. And if you're just a little boy, you're the nice guy. Right. Right. You see? Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And and this is the same psychology uh, behind uh, uh, D'Angelo's cocky but funny. That's right. Cocky, funny. You know, I tell you, people like make fun because it's like, oh, pick up art. He captured that energy. Yeah. Cocky, funny. Um, and it's exactly right. You're, cocky is, is audacious. And the word I would use maybe is audacious. That, that's a bad boy. Yeah, it's a bad boy, but you're funny and kind at the same time. In other words, you're not taking any of it seriously. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean the equation: just cocky, then you're the asshole; just funny, then you're goofy. Exactly. Combine it, and it's magic, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. He used that book hit a nerve because he's accurate. What David D'Angelo, Evan Pagan wrote in that book is accurate. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, speaking of books, you're writing a new book now. Um, but you did say that you've emptied everything out in the Alabaster Girl. So what on earth uh, is the new book? Well, you know, yeah, I emptied everything out about men and women. That subject is done. And and men say to me, or women say to me, so you think you know everything about women? No, I don't know everything about women, but I know everything I want to know. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Subject's done for me. 
I, I understand women on a level that, and this sounds arrogant. I don't mean it to be arrogant. I understand women on a level that I'm done with the subject. And what I'm trying to understand now is, you know, what we talked about earlier, what is, what is the, a life well lived and what is a, a life that is filled with a sense of adventure. Mm. And a, so my second book, I'm writing about the idea of that. Like, what is it? Artistic life. Mm. It feel to have an artistic life and, and a life that is, that is designed as opposed to reacting, you know? Mm. So I'm writing about that. It's not self-help again. I can't write self-help. It's an allegory again of some kind. Mm. And I'm struggling with it. And I'm, and I'm not blocked, but I'm scratching my head a lot. Put it that way. I sit in my studio and I'm like, uh, okay, I got nothing to do today but write. And I stare out the window and I, and I, I'm doing a lot of contemplation, put it that way. And I want, Interesting. Yeah, and I want to understand the, the role of art and physics and science and the the you know the modern age quantum physics for instance and dark matter all these things how it relates to our experience here on this earth and i'm not going to ever come up with any answers to that einstein couldn't come up with answers to that you know he you know, scientists can't poets can't philosophers can't so i'm not going to presume that i can but I'm going to write around it. I'm going to write around the questions and, right. and and sneak around the questions, and that's what I'm trying to write in my second book. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, to to complete the metaphor we've been using today, the first book was a presentation of the Grail and the Knights. This is this. This is oh, that. I like this. Now you are writing about the quest itself. <laughs> this is great. I have yeah. to remember what you just said because that is yeah that's great yeah you can hear it in the show later but okay. we have to hurry because you have to go yeah oh, that's just, right we I'm have ahead, to yeah. we have to complete this so uh, first of when is this book out approximately uh, approximately uh, one year okay so it could mean two years that's correct <laughs> <laughs> no but just to see where you're at because I'm lazy and you know and I like to look out the window and hang out yeah, with my yeah. girl and, I mean that's your and, prerogative and, and, yeah and wander the streets yeah that's yeah. true but uh, never, if, even if it's 10 years, you want to come back and present that book? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And I promise you, cool. you know, the, the world's going in, in, in aggressive energy, and we think it's the pandemic and, and yeah. crazy elections and politics. Oh, it's I promise you the world can't end because I have to finish this book. So mm. relax. I see. Okay. <laughs> the world's not going to end until I finish it, so it's okay. Yeah, I see. So just take your time, man. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> okay, and then we'll present your life too because that's a story in itself. So I, I feel it deserves, you know, if we should squeeze it in today, we wouldn't get around to half of no problem i'll come back yeah. i'd like to come back yeah. so uh, but you have to complete this with stuff like courses websites are you into that stuff still well i have an online course for men who are on the same path and they become the mastermind group that i hang out with we have conferences in bucharest twice a year that are free for members and basically that's obviously physical conferences yeah we have yeah we have an online course that's 90 days it's called the essentials course the ars and essentials course if you go to amorati.net, A-M-O-R-A-T-I.net, Amorati is the, is the other fake name. It's Amorati is the fake name for the men who are members of this group. Okay, so we, it's fake Latin. Oh, right. Amorata, Amorati. That makes sense. Yes. Mm. Okay, ours Amorata and the men who, who take up this, this veil and this, and this. Basically, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the knights, the knights in shining armor are called the Amarati. We have members for over 15 years. We have gatherings of, you know, last time we did in Bucharest and it was a year ago because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, we did a live conference every spring and every fall. 
And we had 70 or 80 guys come from around the world here, you know. And we have a great party and great speakers and it's free for members. So if you go to amorati.net, A-M-O-R-A-T-I.net, you can get on the waiting list because we open the class only twice a year. Mm. So it's right now. We just started a class two weeks ago. The next class is in February. Put your name on the, your name and email on the list and you'll get notification to get early bird access to it because otherwise the seats fill up. Okay. Yeah. And then you're part of this, this conversation. We have a great Facebook group that we have the conversation. I'm, I do zoom calls with the guys every month, everything. Anyway. But it's not just for, for professional guys who are advanced. You can be a beginner too, right? No, it's anybody because it's a 90 day course. Uh, steeped in this in the philosophy of the Ars Amrata philosophy and when you graduate you you step into the realm of it's 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 our passage it's our it's our boys and passage so yeah so you're actually offering them a rite of passage absolutely in this field 100 mm. that's what we do mm. so and then and then if you want my book and you haven't read my book and you would like to get it, you can go to amazon.com which gives me a little bit of money or if you want a physical book that's signed by me until the, the until the copies run out Go to alabastergirl.com, A-L-A-B-A-S-T-E-R, girl, G-I-R-L.com, and pay 10 bucks for shipping and handling. I actually lose a dollar a book when I do that because the shipping went up in Romania. Oh. And we'll ship, you a, we'll ship you a book from Romania, and you'll get it in a, in, in a few weeks. I don't know how long it takes, wherever you are. And, uh, and let me know what you think about it. Hmm. Or put a review on Amazon or, uh, you know, like, uh, but no, let me know what you think about it. So that's really the two things. I've got this online course, which is only open a couple times a year. The next is in February. Put your name on the list. Or go to uh, alabastagirl.com and get a physical book or go to Amazon and buy one. Or go to zanperion.com. Find out my website. Yeah, that's a beautiful site that I went to. Oh, or arzamarada.com, which is our which is our, our main website. So... Okay, that's yeah. the main website. Mm. Yeah, arzamrata.com. And, and if you want any, yeah, and like, so th this is what I offer. I, I used to do a lot of personal coaching and life coaching. And Very time consuming. Yeah, and I don't, yeah, you know, right? Mm. And I don't really do it anymore because I'm trying to write my second book and I'm lazy at the same time. So. And I want to wander the streets and have a glass of wine with my girl. So mm -hmm. I don't do a lot of coaching. But if somebody has a really specific problem, by problem, I mean you're, you're starting to see a girl or you're in a relationship with a girl and you have this strong, basically what I call it is Winston Wolf coaching. In other words, if you watch the movie Pulp Fiction and they got a body in the car and, uh, and the guy calls up Winston Wolf and Winston Wolf said, I'll be there in 20 minutes. And he shows up and he says, you have a body in the car. Yeah. Blood everywhere. You have four, we have 40 minutes. The for, fixer. The fixer. Yeah. I fix things. <laughs> you have a problem that you can really be clear about. I will solve it for you. And I'm not wrong. And I'll fix it. But, but people, you know, having a fixer, a cleaner, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. never cheap. Never cheap. You have to pay for what you get. Eggs. Oh, well, I'm not cheap. I promise yeah. you because I'm lazy and you have to like dislodge me. You have to. You have to throw money at me, so I say, oh, "Okay, I'll take a look." <laughs> but when, but but that's incredible. If you have something specific you want solved with a woman, your wife, your girlfriend, your fiance, a girl you just met, and you want to know what she's thinking, I will tell you. If you give me all the details, and we go back, you, you know, you hire me in retainer, and I'm not cheap. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> uh, okay, but that reminds me. Last question, uh, because most of this stuff is always pitched to single guys, guys who want to get laid, guys who want to get get into a relationship. Mm -hmm. There's very little pitched to people who 
are in a relationship. Yeah. Now, I figure because you are into transformation stuff, it could work for them too, right? 100%. If you, when you read my book, because I'm going to send you a book, of course. Yep. When you read it, you will see that this underpins everything a guy's ever wanted to know, whether he wants to get laid a lot, he wants to lose his virginity, he wants to meet a supermodel, he wants to play the field, he wants to get a fiance, he wants to get a marriage, he wants to fix his marriage, he wants to have a great relationship with the girl he's seeing, any of it, doesn't matter. Mm. All of this applies in a, an incredible way. It's, it's fundamental to the way we move through the world, so you'll see. It's all in the book. What about getting your ex back? <laughs> and getting getting your ex back. That's a hard one. This is what I'm saying. When I do this Winston Wolf coaching, there's guys call me and say, listen, I just, I screwed it up with this girl. She she disappeared me from Instagram, from Facebook. What do I do? You know what? I'm the fixer. I'll fix this for you or I'll do my damnedest. Mm. Your goal is my goal. Let's go. So I do my Winston Wolf coaching. I don't take everybody on because no. I, you know, it's, it's, it's an intense, uh, period together but it's fun i guess if if it's a challenge for you something interesting it's a challenge for me yeah and i know what she's thinking and i can tell the guy and he'll say should i text this no you text this and you wait two days and then you send this mm. and here's why boom 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 mm. so it's it's and i have three or four guys that i'm doing all the time and it's fun i love it and whatever you do guys do not stalk her no and never be invasive ever mm. yeah exactly okay Beautiful. Okay, I think we got it then. So, uh, yeah, let's wrap up this. So okay, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, then uh, I have you half committed. Yeah. We can exchange details when we're done here. And By I'll, the way, I have to pay you for the shipping. Uh, how do I do that? No, 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 no. I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. So, you, okay. yeah, I'll send it to you. I'll sign a book and send it to you. And then, um, so give me all your, your mailing email and then give me your YouTube and podcast link so I can take a look. Yeah. I'll do that. And then I'll, and I can support that, yeah. I'll, I'll send you a book as soon as you give me your email address. I'll have it all set up. Cool. Hopefully it's okay. Yeah, okay. Enjoy this a lot. Mm, thank you. So you have a group, right? You have a, like a, a private group. Yeah, we have like um, yeah, subscribers, you know. Okay, 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 perfect. Yeah, I will, I will, you can send me the link when it's public and that's good enough for me. And I'll, and once it's out there. You'll wait for that. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Mm. I'll wait for that and then I'll share it with my, with my groups, okay? Yeah, okay. Perfect. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it just remains for me now to thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and I really like the the format of the of the the long rambling uh, fireside chat. Exactly, you know, it's like sitting around the fireplace and having a glass of whiskey and talking about life. And what else is there? That's classical. Yeah, but I knew it. I suspected it because you just That's a great few years I'll older than me, and we're old school. So <laughs> there you go. This is how the world used to work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, Al, good yeah. to talk to you, man. Okay, all the best for your course tonight. Ah, oh, yeah, in, in nine minutes I have a, a, a conference <laughs> call <laughs> with 60 guys. You so. can win it. I, I know. You, you're a veteran. It will work. Okay, boss. Okay. okay. Excellent. Okay, bye-bye. And thanks again to Sun for being a good sport and sharing of his insight. Obviously, I'm going to read a few quotes from his book. But first, I will remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel. Very important. It's the only currency valid these days. And also hit the bell if you want updates, which makes more sense with a show like ours, since we're not spewing out new shows all the time. So you won't get flooded. You won't get spammed. And when we do finally release something... At least you will be notified 
God knows the algorithm will try to prevent you sufficiently as it is. Only the bell will help bring us to your attention. And the same goes for the podcast platform. You know we are present at all podcasts, so I don't care. You don't have to come to Podbean. You can go to iTunes or Google Podcasts or whatever else you use for that. I often find it useful to to see the titles of the chapters, which can give you an idea of where the book is going. And here's those in The Alabaster Girl. Chapter 1, The Way of Beauty. Chapter 2, The Way of Seduction. Chapter 3, The Way of Discovery. Chapter 4, The Way of the Natural. Chapter 5, The Way of Men. Chapter 6, The Way of Women. Chapter 7, The Way of Love. Chapter 8, The Way of Salvation. And Chapter 9, again, The Way of Beauty. Now, it's a bit difficult to read from his book, as son admitted himself, because of the way it's structured, but since it's just a few quotes, um, it will work here. As to appeal either to your aesthetics or your desire to understand the gender game better, or maybe both. There are four things I know about women. I will tell you three. And another quote. Men fall in love through their eyes. Women fall in love with their ears through words. Another one. Sit back and relax. I will sing you the song of women. What women, you ask? All women, I answer. Even me, you ask? Especially you, I answer. And what will you sing to me, you ask? Ah, my love, I will sing to you of hidden truths. Yes, hidden truths and secret secrets. I will sing to you of beauty, for the song of women is, first of all, a song of beauty. This we must understand, for it is beauty that is missing from this earth and from our hearts. Beauty is the only thing that will save this broken down old world, the only thing that can recreate the spirit of aliveness in all of us again, in both men and women. Another quote. Few men will ever learn to hear the beauty song of women. But if their hearts are sincere, they will hear it. And when a man learns to hear the beauty song of women, the whole world opens up for him. He becomes aware of beauty. He becomes alive to beauty. He becomes alive to truth. Here is a secret, my love. When a man chooses to live his life in sync with the rhythm of women, the song of beauty, he is universally loved by women, and he becomes a lover of women, the greatest lover a woman will ever know, the greatest lover you will ever know. So sit back and relax. I will sing you the song of women, which is really the song of beauty, which is really the song of truth, which is really the song of you. Another quote. 
All beautiful things must end, otherwise they are not beautiful. A simple truth, suspected by most, acknowledged by few. I pause for a moment to consider this small bunch of wild flowers I tied together today with a string. Yes, it is a quiet truth, a universal truth. Another quote. The article I'm writing will be for women. Yeah, no. When I pitched this story to my editor, she joked that it would be like one of the hens interviewing the fox. <laughs> she did, did she? Maybe it's more like sitting down with a vampire to ask him why he's torn between his eternal love for you and his desire to destroy you. Neither of which I feel from you. You sound surprised. No, I just... Uh, well, you have a formidable reputation, a professional ladies' man. Yeah, well, today is my day off. You can relax. So what would you like to know? Everything. Everything? Okay, how's this? I lost my virginity at 14, lying on my back in the bed of a pickup truck with an ashtray on my chest. Her name was Alison. She was 18. And what can I say? She liked to smoke, I guess. Oh yeah? Yeah, and since then... My life has been a blur, a veritable forest of women, thousands even. The glistening body of Brinda Johan's daughter beside a giant waterfall in Iceland. A three-day roller coaster ride at the Dnipro Hotel in Kiev with Tatjana and Irina. A life-saving hypothermia-averting night in a sleeping bag with a Sherpa named Honey. On the slopes of Everest, I could go on, and... Is any of that true? No. Too bad, it would make a great article. Do you want a great article, or do you want the truth? I would love the truth. The truth is fairly banal, I'm afraid. How does the fox catch all those hens? He pretty much just runs right into the middle of them, and there they are, all around him. Yes, but what is he thinking at the time? Ah, oh, what is he thinking? That's what I want to know, the mindset of a master seducer. I see, well, your curiosity is sweet and you seem wonderfully sincere, but as our good friend Robert Frost once said, those woods, my dear, are lovely, dark and deep. Do your interview, I will give you nice answers. Another quote. A journey on a train is a curious affair, rigid, precise, scheduled to the minute, tightly fixed in time and space, a cloistered captivity, and yet open and easy in a way, flowing with romance and fluid possibilities, slow rocking, dreamy and free. I read your book, she said. I know. A book about women. Yes. Why women? The greatest subject on earth. Well, there are lots of interesting subjects on earth. Yes, and reduced to their essence, most subjects resemble one another, do they not? They converge, they are the same. Through all of time, only a handful of fundamental themes have ever occupied our minds. And women is one of those fundamental themes? The beauty of women, yes, the mystery that is woman. An obsession we all share. Is that true for everyone? Well, let me ask you this. When men gather together, what kind of things do they like to talk about? 
I don't know, sports, cars, their careers, things like that for sure. But that's not all. What else do men constantly talk about with other men? Women, of course. Exactly. Men talk about women all the time, never ceasing. So now then, what about women? When women gather together, what do they generally like to talk about? Men. Yes, and, well, our relationships with men, actually. Of course, and what else? Women. Precisely. Women talk about women as much as men talk about women. Maybe even more than men. Think about it. Men talk about things that generally interest men, and women talk about things that generally interest women. But the only subject we all have in common, the one thing we all talk about without ceasing, is women. Look at any magazine, Rack. The men's magazine have women on the cover and women on every page. The women's magazines, women on the cover and women on every page. That's funny because it's true. So naturally, a book about women. Do you write the book for men or for women? I wrote it for me. Okay, so far today and I hope this piqued your curiosity. I've been your host Al, sincerely signing off. Peace Number one.